Hello, and welcome to Carter's Picks. On this edition, we will be diving deep into There Will Be Blood. Ladies and gentlemen, I've traveled over half our state to be here tonight. I couldn't get away sooner because my new well was coming in at Coyote Hills and I had to see about it. Ladies and gentlemen, if I say I'm an oil man, you will agree. I'm a family man. I run a family business. This is my son and my partner, H.W. Plainfield. You boys are a regular family business. Now, you have a great chance here. My son is a healer and a vessel for the Holy Spirit. He has a church. You will be cast up as the rest of the position. I'm fixed like no other company in this field. I have a string of tools ready to put to work. That's why I can guarantee to start drilling and to put up the cash to back my word. I assure you, ladies and gentlemen, no matter what the others promise to do, when it comes to the showdown, they won't be there. of oil under our feet. No one can get at it except for me. We'll offer 150000 for full title. When do we get our money, Daniel? I look at people and I see nothing worth liking. Don't you bully me, Daniel, please! I see the worst in people. We have a sinner with us. Get out of here, devil! I have a competition in me. I want no one else to succeed. I keep doing this on my own. With these, um, people. <laughs> la, 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 wait till I give my money right. I had a dream I could buy my way to heaven. When I woke, I smit that on a necklace. I told God I'll be back in a second Man, it's so hard not to act reckless To whom much is given, much is tested Get arrested, guess until he get the message I feel the pressure under more scrutiny And what I do, act more stupidly Bought more jewelry, more Louis V My mama couldn't get through to me The drama, people suing me I'm on TV talking like it's just you and me I'm just saying how I feel, man. I ain't one of the Cosby's. I ain't go to hell, man. I guess the money should have changed them. I guess I should have forgot where I came from. Hello. Welcome to this latest edition of Dick's Picks in which we did a nice reversal on you again and have a Carter's Picks. This is a movie that Mr. Dick had not yet seen before. We are, of course, referring to There Will Be Blood streaming on Netflix. There will be lots of disappointed people finding out that I hadn't seen this movie before now. I mean, that, I don't hold that against you. This is one that I think uh, a lot of people hear about, and you hear lines from it, but not necessarily see the movie. And now that it is on Netflix, it is available to a much wider audience. And uh, let's just go down the, the little list that we did before this. There Will Be Blood, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, also written by Paul Thomas Anderson. He's the one who did uh, Nightwear on Elm Street and um, Scream, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. Wes Craven. Oh, no, no, no. 
You're thinking well, of Paul, what is it, W.S. Anderson, oh, who did, did the Three Resident Musketeers Evil. movie in Resident Evil? Yeah. Yeah. Married to Mila Jovovich. Had you yeah. seen any of his movies before this one? Punch Drunk no. Love, Magnolia, Boogie Nights. I've seen Boogie Nights. The Master. Yeah. Boogie Nights is a much more accessible one, I feel like. Wait, did you say The Mask? He did The Mask? The Master, which was one that oh. came after this where uh, Joaquin Phoenix does his... Yeah, exactly, Scientology. I didn't see it. I read about oh, it. It could I... be a nice sequel to this, then. Oh, boy. <laughs> We're going to need two-movie break. Uh, starring Daniel Day-Lewis and Paul Dano, and really hardly anybody else that you would know from anything. Although, uh, Cillian Murphy, who is in Game of Thrones, you know who he is? Or not Cillian Murphy, Kieran Hines. Yeah, Kieran Hine, he was the dad, in, or he was the fake dad in Wanted. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen Wanted. It's a good uh, movie. Released December 26, 2007. 2007. Feel, Many people like consider to be is the... really That main song from Wanted, that Nine Inch Nail song, every day is exactly the same, is pretty timely. <laughs> You're, I, you're bringing back wanted information that I just have no recollection of. I didn't even remember there was a Nine Inch Nails song. The one thing I really remember from Wanted is James McAvoy slapping Chris Pratt across the face with a keyboard and his tooth yeah. flying into the camera along with the keys from the keyboard. That's when he decided every day shouldn't be the same. <laughs> I think this is the highest Rod Tomatoes score of any movie we've done. Do you want to guess it? Uh, I think it's like 92. 91%. Yeah, I think I looked it up. I was trying to convince Andrea. Um, and I just said, you know, the Rotten Tomatoes, this is the best Rotten Tomatoes I've had you watch. And uh, I mean, it's hard to think. It there, although Rotten Tomatoes, because it's got the, the good or bad rating, there are some movies with 100% fresh, which mm-hmm. I disagree with that in, in concept, a movie being 100% fresh. But anyway, yeah. box office. Do you want to guess the production uh... budget for this? Wait, am I guessing budget or how much it budget? Made? Budget? Oh, I don't know. Seventy-five million. <laughs> That's a lot. That's how much it made actually. Seventy-six point two million um, on a twenty-five million dollar budget. Actually, the most successful movie of Paul Thomas Anderson's career in terms of box office. Huh. So. We will reverse the question. Let's not ask you where you first saw this movie because you first saw this movie, what was it, Tuesday night? Monday night, yeah. Monday I, night. You've had a little bit of time for it to resonate with you. It resonated. I liked it. I had heard good things. Um, it was definitely more accessible than Umbrellas of Cherbourg because um, there not was, wasn't in a, no, no singing, no foreign language, no subtitles, uh, you know. It had a lot of good visuals, and it was a good movie. I liked it. When did you first see it? I first saw it the year it came out, 2007. And I saw it around Christmas time with my dad at the now-defunct West Hampton Theater in Richmond, one of uh, Regal's few art house cinemas, which was where I saw probably most movies I saw in theaters until uh, 2010 or so. But mm. <laughs> it was a great one to be in the audience when it happened because when it's over, everybody's been watching the movie, everybody gets stuff and they're like, What? <laughs> Yeah, that's how it ends. <laughs> yeah, I should have seen it though, because I had one uh, fraternity brother who, I would every time I'd go over to his house, he'd be like, "Hey, let's watch There Will Be Blood," and I'd be like, "Nah," and he'll be like, "Let's watch Apocalypto," and I'll be like, eh. and then we just end up Very watching serious movies. <laughs> then we just end up watching Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay. Not White I, Castle. 
No, Guantanamo Bay is way better because on the DVD, <laughs> there's a special feature, a choose-your-own-adventure feature. Really? Yeah. Before, far is, before and... Bandersnatch. Yeah. <laughs> better executed, too. I, I still actually haven't seen Bandersnatch. <sighs> Tough one. But either way, I remember very uh, distinctly getting into uh, uh, Harji Barju with a member of the cross-country team over him being like, that ending sucked. The same thing, he also thought the same thing about No Country for Old Men, which came out the same year. They just like their, they like happy endings? <laughs> they like to know what happened at the end of movies. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that there's a lot of, you kind of saw it coming. I, right? For me, I did. But let us get to the plot here, which yeah. I have running multiple, multiple pages. It will be a visual odyssey in which the movie will spring to your mind as I... I <laughs> regale you with this tale of Daniel Plainview. There will be blood. Are you ready, Mr. Dick? I guess. Do you want me to do the first section? That was no, the no, first no, section. no, no, no. In 1898. Yeah, I have that. We open on a set of very menacing hills. Yeah. Did you okay. think the hills were going to be somehow a part of the movie? Because I really did the first time I saw it. They have the, like, musical cue... The hills, and then when the scene is over, they come back and show those hills. Well, I think that it does a good perspective setting mm-hmm. to show you how far out in the middle of nowhere he is. That's what the purpose they served was. Arch Richard. A but silver... also, they look <laughs> like boobies. It looks like what? Boobies, role models. <laughs> a silver prospector is mining a potentially precious ore vein from a pit mine hole that, according to Wikipedia, is in New Mexico. I never would have known. Well, he's all over the, like, Midwest. Well, the, the West. West Coast. But not the nice West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> the desert West Coast. Right. In the process of dynamiting the load, climbing down his makeshift ladder, he breaks a step, and he falls and breaks his leg. Well, yeah, because he's a big old... And also, <laughs> he's just, like, when he's setting the TNT... And he, why didn't he pull the stuff up before he went up there? I know, yeah. You're just like, Jesus Christ, you could have done this a little bit better. Yeah, there weren't very many safety features he had in place. He was real <laughs> kind of flying seat of the pants. You see later on in the movie the, the cost of these lack of safety features. But anyhow, at the bottom of this hole, he digs out a silver sample, climbs out of the mine, and drags himself to... An office where he receives a silver and gold. How far away? Claim. However far away. That That's was. a good question for me. That's one of our unanswerable questions. Is it more than ten miles? Yeah, for, I think so. From how far away it is you make it seem like it's like fifty? Well, he has to go through that the little hills. <laughs> he has valleys. to go through the menacing hills. Yeah, and uh, he signs. And it's not like he waited for it to heal or anything. No, because when he's in the little office, he's on the floor with yeah. his gun next to him going, anybody takes my claim, I'm going to shoot you. Just waiting for his leg to heal up. Right. Straight up. <laughs> he signs uh, his name on the document, and it is revealed this silver prospector is Daniel Plainview, who will be the hero of our movie. Or anti-hero. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In 1902, we jump ahead four years, he discovers oil in California, which also, according to Wikipedia, is somewhere near Los Angeles. I wouldn't have guessed Uh that either. My note for this section is this industry needed way more safety procedures. (laughs) 
uh, he establishes a makeshift drilling company, even designing the Derek himself. We get a nice little... On the spot. On the spot, yeah. Is he supposed to have invented it? Is that what they're implying? Well, he, he just the, the amount of feet and everything for that particular oil Derek. I don't know if you <laughs> were meant to think he invents the concept of an oil Derek. Although this is early stages of the industry, so maybe he did. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, it is a small crew. One of the workers has brought a baby boy along. In a memorable shot, the father puts oil on the baby's head like he's baptizing him. Uh, uh, like, like Sort of like Simba? It's a little bit like Simba, yeah. but that's with yeah. like, a, what is it, fruit juice, coconut? This didn't look, that looked tastier in, in Lion King for sure. Suddenly, uh, the man with the baby is killed in a workplace accident. Yeah, because of the, okay, there were several of these. So yeah. this one, well, they all happen the same. The, sort like of, the guys in the, in, in the very the bottom of the hole, something above him falls down. Yeah, murders him. I think this first one, they're, like, bringing stuff up by rope. And yeah. the, like, rope snacks and everything comes down, and he hits one of the guys. A lot of breaking of necks. But, like, he celebrated when... Was this a different drop? That's a different one. Because did he mean oh, no, no, to okay. do the, the first another drop? drop is sort of, you're thinking something bad is going to happen, and they drop the thing, and it hits the yeah. ground, and the oil comes out. And the oil out. comes out. And you think it's an accident, so they meant to drop it then. I think that... I think it was meant to be a more controlled drop than what they ended mm -hmm. up doing. Yeah, yeah. But that was the first one. That's before the guy dies. Mm -hmm. uh, Daniel subsequently seems to adopt the man's baby. He takes him and he goes on a train with him. They have a yeah. very nice moment together on the train where it's like, hey, maybe Daniel's a nice human guy. He's going to take mm -hmm. this baby and raise him as his son. Mm-hmm. Little do we know, he is just using this baby to help himself in his business operation. As some years later, we find Daniel proposing a drilling operation to a small town that just discovered oil in the area. And he introduces the boy as his son and his partner, H.W. Plainview. Uh, the townspeople squabble over a deal. Daniel leaves. Did you notice what comedian makes a cameo in this, this segment? No. Who? Is it Paul F. Tompkins? Is that the guy's name? Oh yeah, he would. That guy, that guy's uh, he looks real old timey. Eighteen hundred hipster. Yeah. <laughs> He's in all the. I, yeah, uh, that seems to be. Daniel makes a mind. separate deal with a family nearby. Uh, when the family asks about H.W.'s mother, he says she died in childbirth. This is a scene where you really get a sense of him using the kid as sort of a mm -hmm. prop in his business thing. He's like, "Oh, how old are your kids?" <laughs> well, also, I think that. I don't know how much trouble he could get in for just kind of like how much paperwork did he put in to adopt this kid? Probably you very know, little. It's, it's, it's pr it seems like in this time it was uh, kind of seat of their pants. Yeah, you, could you just find do, the baby, maybe keep you find the, the baby. baby. You take the baby, you kill a person, bear the body, you <laughs> like do whatever. It's just you don't have to report as much. Well, so especially kind of, out in California where they are. Mm -hmm. It's not like mm -hmm. they're like a city or anything. Who knows? Yeah. The only witnesses to that are like the people working for him. And we find that oil men have maybe yeah. questionable morals. But I also think that like he he kind of wanted the kid to feel – he didn't want the kid to feel like an orphan sort of thing. Do you think right? there was genuine human affection at the beginning there? I think so. Uh. I think that it, towards the end – 
and the middle he kind of he he makes a turn and then he uses it as like armor and a deflection Mm. towards his son but the initial instinct came from a good place you think i i guess so i think so i think that there i think it makes for a more interesting character if that is true Mm -hmm. it's kind of like saying the worst thing you can think of to some your like friend that you're in a fight with yes it's true uh in 1911 so i don't know how long that is after the last scene uh, <laughs> the nine previous years? one that's that's uh, when the other um, one is 1902 so yeah nine years yeah. after adopting the kid daniel is approached by paul sunday a young man who tells him of an oil deposit under his family's property in a small town called Little Boston in California. He says there is so much oil that it is seeping above the ground. This is where I start get well, later on. It, it, this is where I'm like, all right, he's a hustler. He's <laughs> this guy, you know, plain view is worked up. He's worked his way up and yes. he is hustling. Yes. And now he's got a little, he's got a small business and he's he's going after it and paul just comes out of nowhere he's literally out of nowhere yeah and and (laughs) he just disappears yeah but then in that whole interaction you realize that paul is also a hustler yes he 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 revealing no information until he has his money Mm -hmm. and yeah I, i thought that when when uh plainview follows up on the tip and goes to the house and we see Paul Dano again. I, I, I was confused for the rest of the movie. Well, uh, so is Daniel. When he first sees him, he's like, "Huh." You yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. I and I thought, you know, oh, okay, wink, wink. My name's <laughs> actually Eli, but I'm actually I'm Paul. I pretend to be Paul. Well, because they don't even mention that Paul is like a real person until the very end of the movie. Right. Yeah, and you realize, okay, the this. Twin brother, I guess it's implied. Well, we got a little bit of IMDb trivia after that addresses that. But anyway, Daniel and HW travel to the Sunday Ranch under the guise of quail hunting. Cool. Yes. Uh, The Sunday father seems to be a simpleton, but is very accommodating. He's like, Mm -hmm. you want milk? You want bread? Because we don't have it, but we can give you some oats. Potatoes. (laughs) Yeah, we got potatoes. Yep. It's like, sorry, we can't give you bread. He's a very, very accommodating man. Uh, Daniel, yeah, just hunt my land for quails. <laughs> like, yeah. he's like, hey, he's rich. He can do what he wants. Yeah. Uh, after HW, I think this is important that HW is the one who comes across the oil when they are on the Sunday ranch, uh, and they light it on fire. One of my favorite little shots. They stick the the little stick in the oil and set it on fire. Yeah. And uh I thought HW's rifle um safety he was kind of running with yes. it willy yeah. nilly. <laughs> how deep was he him. there? Like There's eight? even a point where he falls over and it's like you could have shot your head off. Right, eight or nine? Like yeah. Maybe ten. Uh, ten. I guess he could have it, but <laughs> Yeah, he's very uh loose with his gun safety. Probably cut the corner off his gun safety. Yeah. Too. I wouldn't be surprised if he was the guy that had, like, a, a hip pistol. He seems to like guns. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Daniel attempts to purchase the farm from the Sundays at a bargain price. 
one of my favorite quotes to the movies. HW's like, what are we going to pay him? And he's like, certainly not oil prices. <laughs> pay him uh, quail prices. Quail prices. <laughs> Uh, the father is very willing to sell. He even goes as far as to say that Daniel was sent by God. But Eli, who is also a preacher at a local evangelical church, drives a much harder bargain than his father. Uh, he, he like seems to know that there's oil there. The father's just like, yeah, I'll sell it, whatever. We don't like this place anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. In exchange for the rights to the property, Eli demands $10,000 for his church. Daniel proposes $5,000. An agreement is made, and Daniel acquires the Sunday ranch. He then seeks out a local real estate man who seems very, very happy to have this new business. Yeah. Uh, and proceeds to purchase nearly all of the land in Little Boston, save for one holdout. William Bandy in the Bandy Bandy seemed with it. Bandy had a good... Bandy, a great presence in the movie. Yeah, Band, yeah Bandy does have a great presence. Uh, but he's very mysterious. He's a mysterious figure. He wanted uh, Plainview to come kiss the ring, and he didn't do it at the beginning. <laughs> it's true. Uh, he's like, I'm not going to go back. Uh, after buying all the land, Daniel gathers up the townspeople and tells them about the wonders that will come with drilling. Schools for the children, better irrigation to farm. He says is it, a, it is a crime that a family can be without bread in this great country of ours. Uh, and new roads. Eli's like, will the new road lead to the church? Always thinking about his church. And yeah. to uh, to finish it up, uh, Daniel says to them, I assure you, ladies and gentlemen, that if we do find oil here, and I think there's a very great chance that we will, this community of yours will not only survive, it will flourish. That's a good promise. It's It reminded me of the, do you remember in like 2010, there was a big oil boom in North Dakota? And uh, I only know about it. Is that what like the Standing Rock thing comes from? The what? The Standing Rock. I think it was before Standing Rock. Okay. Well, but maybe maybe it's related to it. But I remember reading articles. I just started my first job, and like people are going out working on the oil rig, oil up in North Dakota, for like make a bunch of money. And the strippers from Las Vegas were going up to North Dakota. (laughs) I didn't hear about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's what this reminded me of, except with uh, a school and another nice stuff. So, well, we I, get some vice too. There's drinking, as Eli mentions. Yeah, big time drinking. But this is this sort of establishes the theme of the movie with capitalism. We have Daniel, the ultimate force of capitalism, promising all the great things that an influx mm-hmm. of money can bring. Um, so yeah, chew on that one for a little while. So, okay, so you're bringing the metaphorical the. Like, uh, what is, it's not a metaphor. What is it when you um, allegory? Allegorical, can, yeah. There's definitely yeah, allegorical aspects to this. Okay, that's that's <laughs> what I read on the internet too. Uh, before the oil drilling commences, Eli comes to Daniel's office where he has a nice bowl filled with a bunch of pipes. Did you notice that? No. He has like 15 pipes. Uh, Eli requests to bless the well. Daniel seems like he will grant the request, but when the day comes, he gives Eli the cold shoulder and does the blessing himself, even uh, doing the insult of bringing up Eli's sister and using the very words Eli was going to use himself, a daughter of these hills. Uh, It just seemed unnecessary. Well, he he loves a personal, uh, he does not take slights like uh, Eli coming and telling him how to run his business very well, and is very quick to bring insults onto those who slight him. It's a, it's, it's 
sets you up for when he says like if someone is else is winning he's losing yes. and like that yes. sort everyone of everyone is his enemy mm-hmm. it's like eli i'm gonna be on a very bad foot with you from the start because i don't like you <laughs> yeah. i want to make that very plain well because you represent whatever your church is and your uh weird i hope that daniel brought a hospital too because if that yeah. whole town has to rely on paul <laughs> for healing their arthritis and just taking his word for it yeah, and getting those spirits out of the way. You ghost! <laughs> it's just trouble. <laughs> the part where he's like, get the arthritic woman, he's like bringing it up to his mouth. And he's yeah. like, I will bite you! And if I do not have teeth, I will gum you! Yeah. A lot of people have problems with Paul Dano's performances, Eli. I, I thought he was a little too horny in that scene. <laughs> It did look for a second like he was going to start sucking the old woman's fingers. Yeah, and if you're supposed to be working for the Lord, why do you have to use that demon voice? It's true. <laughs> I mean, he's performative. He's like, uh, it's like dinner in a show uh, at his mm. church. That's um, how he makes it so big. It's true. Well, we need to question the bigness of it because it does not end up being as fruitful for him as he expects. Oil drilling commences, but soon a series of misfortunes occur. An yeah. accident kills one worker who's having a nice cigarette down in the well. That seemed a little bit unsafe. Very unsafe. <laughs> but, you know, yet again, just a big old pipe falls down. And it breaks his neck. A nice spatter of blood under the camera. Yeah. Uh, Eli says that with a proper blessing, the accident could have been avoided. Maybe. I don't like Daniel. I don't think Daniel liked that very much. Uh, then in the great set piece of the movie, we have a massive gas blowout. Where yeah. just spews out of the top of the derrick. HW was watching it right next to it. He gets blown off the top of the thing, flies like 15 feet. Uh, we get it from his point of view where it suddenly it's like in Saving Private Ryan where the noise goes out and he's looking around and the guy picks up the arm. A little bit similar to that. Uh Actually, ha- do you think that was natural gas coming out before the I oil? think so. Daniel seemed very pleased about yeah. what it suggested. Yeah. Uh, but HW, who was close to it, is deafened by the explosive noise of the blowout. And mm. it's like, it seems like it's a really long time before they put the fire out. They do this yeah. thing where they, like, bring up four different dynamite things and they blow it up to take the oxygen out of it. Well, yeah, and I, uh, it was to take the oxygen, suck the oxygen into their explosion, uh-huh. and to, like, get rid of any other... It seemed like business. a lot of of money went flying out of there with the natural yeah. gas and the oil. But yeah. there seems to be was, so much that it, it doesn't seem to matter. It was pretty intense. And... <laughs> Tell me where it is. Tell me where it is. Tell me where it is. Did you see this? No. Tell me where it hurts. Where does it hurt you? Where does it hurt you? I can't hear my voice. Will you hit my head? 
Were you hit in the head? Tell me. Tell me if you were. Wait here for me. Wait here for me. I'll be back. I'll be back in a minute. Wait here. Help me. I'm gonna take care. Wait. Stay here. Stay here. I'm gonna fix this. Help me. It's gonna be fine. Help. Wait for me here. Hold it down. Hold it down. Help me. One of the most intense scenes of the movie, and the set, the music in that one is like, it's very unusual. Um. When Eli publicly demands the money Sulta owed to him, this is like the day after the accident, and we have seen before that Eli claims to have healing powers. <laughs> Daniel just starts slapping him around and humiliates him, dragging him into the oil field. Uh, he demands to know why Eli, as a healer, can't heal his son again. He goes, mm-hmm. aren't you a healer and vessel of the Holy Spirit? What are you mm-hmm. coming over to make my son here again? Can't you do that? And then it ends. I thought it was a lot of restraint, just open <laughs> slaps, sticking with slaps. Well, you think you're going to beat him to death right then and there? Yeah. Well, the yeah. scene ends with Daniel on top of Eli, just slapping mud on his face, totally like he's gonna overpowered him. him. He's going, I'm going to bury you underground, Eli. <laughs> I'm going to bury you underground. You know, he just needed a shrimp. That was just. Paul, Paul, Eli, whatever, didn't have, you can't get mounted, mounted like that. Davis knows. Well, he just, I, he shouldn't have gone on the confrontational to Daniel Plainview like that. He should have known Daniel was just going to physically assault him. Right. He does not like to be challenged. Mm-hmm. And then at the dinner table that night, one of only two scenes where Daniel Plainview was not in the scene, uh, Eli does a little bit of displacement and takes all of his anger from before and berates his father for trusting Daniel and then gives yeah. his father a little slap around for, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I, yeah, of course that was just like, he was the, you know, you always hear about the bullies in elementary school. They got bad home lives and other mm-hmm. TV shows and movies. Mm-hmm. It was the kind of like reverse upside down flippity floppity. That's how it works. <laughs> he has a bad social life and takes it home. Yeah, takes it home, takes it on his dad. <laughs> uh, soon after this, a man arrives at Daniel's doorstep claiming to be his half-brother Henry. Oh, Andrea quit uh, around this time. She said, um, it's very rare and unrealistic to go completely deaf from one incident. And they're not going to teach this kid sign language. So I'm done. Initially, he doesn't seem to care too much for H.W.'s education in regards to the sign language. His main therapy was just sort of sleeping next to him and going, can you hear me? (laughs) Right. Yeah, the vibrations. Uh And and then kid just. Yeah, exactly. I like that where he's snapping around him. He goes, I can't hear my voice. Uh, Well, it just it really gave he and uh, H.W. and Mary an opportunity to really blossom their relationship find something to <laughs> exactly a to common ground there mm-hmm. uh henry speaks about his troubled past he says he worked on some chain gangs and that he was arrested and when daniel's like what were you arrested for and he's like you know what's crazy out of all the bad things i've done in my life this time i hadn't done anything wrong and i was like eh, you probably did something <laughs> right yeah <laughs> 
Yeah. They'll just arrest you for no reason. He was probably like drunk and probably like, and just forgot it or something like that. No, this this character was sketchy. He's extremely sketchy. Daniel, though. I wish it was uh, Walton Goggins. That would have been that, good. That's who I thought. The guy I who like, plays him is, is the guy. I I most know him from uh, uh, The Mummy. He's like the really slimy guy in The Mummy. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good movie. Not the Tom Cruise version. No, no. Did you see the Tom Cruise no, version? No, I didn't. I was just like, no, uh, I didn't either. We should they probably watch <laughs> No, that would be a good bonus episode. Apparently, it's terrible. I've heard that. <laughs> uh, well, you know, they were trying to make like a whole extended universe of monster people. Yeah, I think Johnny they Depp got was going to be the Invisible like Man. Dracula. And like, uh, what's his name from No Country for Old Men? Was going to be Frankenstein's monster, I'm pretty oh. sure. Not Bardem. Yeah, Javier is... Bardem, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's like an extended universe of men in their mid-50s, early 60s. Yeah, um... chasing down airplanes and jumping on the sides. <laughs> I, a Top Gun 2 co- is coming out. It's true. Maybe but, it'll happen. But we, well, yeah. We digress slightly. Daniel's <laughs> very quick to bring Henry into his confidence. Even sharing a living quarters with him, which I thought was a little bit... I mean, this just speaks to, like, his adoption. Like... Pre-internet, not doing a lot of background checks. He did some background <laughs> checks. He Man, did a little bit. He did some sort of just questioning, but not not closely enough. Uh, well, and he also like claimed to be super inquisitive of others, and like in that scene and all the other scenes, he's proven himself to be kind of untrusting. He only yeah, is a exactly. He's always suspicious. He has a suspicious mind. And he the and Henry had all the right answers for him. It's true. At that time. He because he was just vague enough. Uh, I was so like <laughs> the the HW's actions made so much more sense later on. Yes, like they made so much more sense. So, uh, but we get also, ahead of ourselves. Come on, HW. <laughs> uh, Henry speaks about his troubled past. Dramatic. Daniel Dramatic. confides in him in one of the great. Uh, quieter scenes of the movie where he sort of lays out his whole philosophy he says i see the worst in people henry i don't need to look past seeing them to get all i need talk about judging book by the cover he says i've built up my hatred over the years little by little having you here gives me a second breath of life i can't keep doing this on my own with these people i have a competition in me i want no one else to succeed times when I I look at people and I see nothing worth liking I want to earn enough money I can get away from everyone I have a competition in me I want no one else to succeed that's the one I have a competition in me I want no one else to succeed uh, a jealous HW you do a, your sets plain fire view to the is house. Very, your plain view is very uh, Bane-like. <laughs> no, Bane is, uh, it would be extremely painful. <laughs> That's exactly what you were doing. No, it's not. Yeah, do, do it again. I see the worst in people, Henry. Yeah, that's your Bane. No, Bane it's thing. not. Bane's got a little more of a British accent to him. Oh, I see the worst in people, Henry. <laughs> okay. Uh, great job. I don't need to look past seeing them to get all I need. 
I have a competition in me. <laughs> I have a competition in me. That was terrible. I uh, want no one else to succeed. I want no one else to succeed. <laughs> <laughs> a jealous HW sets fire to their house. Uh, seemingly to kill Henry. You think that was his plan? He was jealous and was like, get I, this guy out of yeah, here. I think that, but I also think... It's just a really, like, he had the whole trail of whiskey, and he said it from a safar, (laughs) and it was just... It's very menacing. It's like, maybe HW's a little bit sinister under all this. Well, he lives with his mother, Plainview, so what do you expect? Uh, But it's just, you know, this is where, uh, I guess, the competition goes awry, Mm -hmm. and maybe having some confidants, friends, and someone... Who can tell you the honest truth? And H.W. could spill, still speak at that time, right? Yeah, well, he was not comfortable speaking because he couldn't hear his own voice. Of course. That, uh, but H.W. could write and read. It's, he could have just came around with he, a little little notepad. He found, hey, yes. I don't trust this Henry guy. <laughs> Maybe, pu- yeah, put it under your dad's pillow or something. Uh, yeah, just, Furious he, Daniel takes drastic action and... Sends H.W. away to a school for the deaf in San Francisco. The The means he has of pulling this ruse off is very cold-blooded. He's, like, sitting next cool. to him on a train. They're like, we're taking a trip together. I'm hugging you. I'm being a nice dad. And he's like, hey, I got to go. Got to go somewhere. And then right as the train's taken off, he gets off. And his associate, Kieran Hines, comes in and just, like, takes the kid. The kid's looking out the window, like, screaming, going, you're leaving me. It was the right move. He just did it in the wrong way. He should have it sat was... him down and said, hey, I don't know if this is the best place for you. San Francisco's a nice place, I hear. They've got a school there for deaf kids like you. Yeah. yeah. His manner in doing it was very cold. Poor. Poor. I mean, very not, not very paternal. <laughs> uh, a representative from Standard Oil offers to buy out Daniel's local interests. But like after a perceived slight in which Daniel seems to take uh the standard old guys where he's like spend time with your family he's like oh you're telling yeah. me how to raise it my family like, <laughs> it seems like word about him sending his deaf son to a deaf school to learn sign language has really gotten around yes. the workplace <laughs> and it's he is people are like saying hey your kid is having some trouble right now maybe you should t- spend some time with him and Daniel's he doesn't all like about that. the work. He doesn't though. like that. No, he hates it. He, he he becomes so, so angry over this. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, you're going to tell me how to run my family. And the guy's I'm like, be civil, family. Daniel. I uh, like those guys. I will kill you when you sleep. <laughs> I will come into your home and leave a horse's head in your bed. And then I will shoot you with a machine gun. <laughs> or his, little, his tiny little pistol. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel refuses this deal, obviously. He does not mm-hmm. like standard oil. And strikes and, a deal with Union Oil. Yeah, but to, he has he's putting up the capital. He's believing in himself is what he's doing. Yes. He's he's yes. Zuckerberging instead of uh Steve. They, they say is that, that the MySpace guy, Steve? MySpace guy. That was like you know, John, wasn't it? I don't know, but he sold out and Zuckerberg stuck with it and well, put up cap uh, you know, they say there are no self made men. Daniel Plainview might be a self made man. He doesn't seem to get help from anybody. Nope. And uh, he's he's a little too self-sufficient and self-isolating. And yes. And it might be his downfall. <laughs> oh, look at this. Uh, 
Daniel, oh, he refused. He says he's going to build a pipeline from Little Boston, which seems like it's across the mountains, somewhere in, like, the Inland Empire, out in the desert, near maybe where, like, Coachella is. Maybe. <laughs> that was his plan from the beginning, though. He was telling HW that from yes. the beginning, that he wanted to cut cut out those other guys. He's like, we're spending all this money on transportation. Yeah, and those uh, standard guys thought that they could use the um, – injury to hw as an opportunity to come swoop in see they yeah so they're like some vultures themselves but yeah, apparently doing some internet it. research uh, apparently standard oil like dealt some kind of deal with like the railroad companies where they got like yeah. a much better deal than everybody else yeah so, they own the railroad companies like yeah. plain you said <laughs> yeah so that's what really allowed them to monopolize like they did but daniel not not having any of it he goes with union oil mm-hmm he surveys the whole thing with his brother Henry, all the way from Little Boston to the coast. When they get to the coast, oh uh, no, before they journey to survey, he goes by the Bandy Ranch to see about purchasing the property. He, he let a couple years go by before going back. He maybe should have yeah. attempted to buy this a little bit earlier. Yeah. He, he became too drunk on the oil to think about <laughs> getting out. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, when nobody's looking, Daniel, like, took little bits of the oil and, like, ate it. It's like, yeah. He waited for his, he waited for his cup to overflow before figuring out how to yes. spread it around. But on the day he goes to the Bandy thing, uh, Bandy, the, the owner, is not there. Only his grandson, who seems very suspicious about Daniel. Was Bandy there, though? The, the way that the, like, scene showed it. it i thought he was just going to be in the cabin but that was just plain view like creeping around the He's window like, hey, i don't, I don't yeah. know where this guy might be yeah. uh daniel leaves he and henry there's a nice like 10 minute scene where they're just like putting a thing on the ground looking at it through their little surveying thing and going all the way down uh california out to the coast uh when they successfully rode uh lay the route of the pipeline they have a nice celebration with Union where he puts the final spike in the middle of the table and everybody's like, yeah, it's a very early 20th century old men with cigars and whiskey sort of celebration. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a moment of happiness while they are relaxing on the beach, Daniel... I like this. This looks like a very serene jumping in the ocean. Oh, yeah. And I, Daniel's like, I've achieved so much. I'm going to sit here and... Yeah. Just enjoy my success, but it does not last very long because no. he reminisces about his childhood in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. And Henry, who seems like he's maybe had a little too much to drink by this point, he seems like he's a little bit headachy, just sort of lying down with his head between his knees. Or he's got sun sickness. He's just, uh, <laughs> so been wait, out, they've he's been outside little... for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Daniel mentions going to the Peachtree Dance. He says, Get a couple girls liquored up, take them to the Peachtree Dance. And Henry, because he doesn't seem to know what Daniel is referring to, Daniel starts looking at him very, very suspicious-like. And Henry goes out in the water. Daniel's still watching him. He's just watching him from, like, here on out. No, then... Daniel goes out in the water. Oh, does he? Yeah, Henry oh, just, okay. just head down. He's watching him from the water, yeah. Yeah, Henry, he does the, like, uh, I, I don't know the answer in class move. Where yeah, where you just put your head on the desk and go, oh, he yeah, doesn't call on me. Yeah. Uh, Heads up, seven up. They have a little bit of a celebration that night. 
where Henry keeps drinking more. It seems like he's got some prostitutes with him. Daniel's just like, take my money, but I'm going to do something very bad to you. And that night when they're on their way back to Little Boston, I don't know if it's that night, but it is some night on the way back. He can... Whenever they get back into the cool woods that they're trying to get. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he confronts him at gunpoint. Henry confesses that he was a friend of Daniel's real brother, who had died of tuberculosis on the way out to California to come and find Daniel, and that he impersonated Henry in hopes of gaining employment. Using the notebook. Yes. In a fit of rage, Daniel shoots him in the head and buries the body. It was not a big gun. It was not a a Sylvester Stallone death. It was an uncut gems murder. <laughs> yeah, and you it know? seems to take a long time for him to die after being shot. Yeah. Big brain on those plane views. <laughs> See, this is where I feel like the fake Henry could have, from the beginning, been like, hey— I was a close friend of your brother's. Your brother's dead, but maybe I can stick around. I don't think he had to take the extra step of pretending to actually be his brother. Yeah, but he was a shady character, and he had been in and out of prisons. And, like, I think that that was the route for that he believed it would make Daniel— Get him in as close as he could, as fast as he could. Right, because if a shady person was like, hey— I used to know your stepbrother, and I have his diary. Will you please hire me? Um, it's like, I don't I even to... know that I have a brother, first of all, because he's right. a half-brother. Right, he didn't know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, maybe. But uh, I feel like the, the jig was bound to be up at some point. He couldn't go on the rest of his life well, pretending to be his brother. It was, it was, kind of, it was interesting how, uh, I, watching the first time, I was like, this guy isn't legit when they first met and really? then later on uh and then as it went along i was like okay maybe he is legit and then it switched back again for me and i, I mean, realized it sort of that... takes over the movie for a little bit because before that it's I... sort of about him and hw and then you get like a half yeah. hour where it's all him and henry because i i didn't realize why hw set the place on fire until it was revealed that henry was a fraud because that, if it was his real brother, it'd be like, Jesus Christ, these actions were just out of nowhere. <laughs> right. Like, uh, is being deaf that bad? <laughs> like, <laughs> why? Like, maybe you, Dad, don't bring me to the office all the time. Yeah. Please. Especially when well, you. HW loves the oil business. That's at what least he was give raised me a hard in. hat if you're going to take me to work. Come on. Yeah, wear some earplugs. Like, yeah. you, like you said before, the safety procedures were not of no. the highest quality. Definitely not. But anyway, he kills Henry and buries the body. The next morning, Daniel is awakened by old man Bandy himself. I think this is the first time we see him. It is. Uh, he seems to know that Daniel murdered his brother or fake brother. He knows what's up. Yeah. He, he knows He knows what go, what's going on. Well, in his he comes life. to him like guns out. He Well, yeah, and with his uh, nephew his grandson. or his grandson. Mm -hmm. And he is with it in a way that Paul was with it. He can see through Daniel. He... Bandy. Bandy is, yes. Bandy can see through Plainview. He's with it. Oh, yeah. He's he's one of the finest people. He's the only one in the town who doesn't just, like, uh, cave into him at his first demand. Mm -hmm. uh, he awakens Daniel. He seems to know about the crime. And he wants Daniel to publicly repent in Eli's church. Yeah. 
Oh god! In exchange for the pipeline construction like rights to his land, it's funny. He's like, I'm, "I'll give you three thousand dollars," and he's like, "I want you to confess your sins. I'll give you five thousand dollars." Yeah, this is th- this is the s- second time that we've seen Plainview get blackout drunk. And what was the first, first time, time? The first time was like after the oil. Um, they start after he slighted Eli by ah. making Mary the the main prayer giver yes uh, when they uh was it christened they christened the oil they blessed well, it. The, yeah it's like when um, you break and, a bottle of champagne on the ship's mast right and then he got wasted <laughs> and he told the sunday father to stop hitting me oh yeah 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 that was sort of like low-key wasted though not later on when he <laughs> slept on the wooden floor well he always sleeps on the floor i don't understand uh, drunk people who sleep do you sleep on the floor when you're drunk I've never slept on the floor in my entire life unless I'm in like a sleeping I slept, bag I slept on the floor drunk a few nights ago but that was just because <laughs> I was like wanted to pet the dog Ah, and, that's a little bit I, different you know and but so I know a lot of people who sleep on the floor drunk and it really makes sense. yeah <sighs> I mean it doesn't make sense I feel like you wake up the next morning not only hungover but like your neck hurts all kinds it's of really, stuff would hurt. It's like self, it's self-flagellation. You just, you just, you're like, oh, I've had too much pleasure. I need to suffer the pain. <laughs> I need an austere night. Yeah, I need to live like a Dominican monk for a night. Ship. It's like the, the albino guy in the Da Vinci Code. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's another Paul, isn't it? Is it? I thought he was like Silas or something. Oh, the actor. Oh, Paul Bettany. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is another Paul. Uh, as part of the baptism, uh, Eli humiliates Daniel and coerces him into confessing that he is a sinner and a backslider and that he abandoned his son. You've come here and you've brought good and wealth, but you have also brought your bad habits as a backslider. You've lusted after women, and you have abandoned your child. Your child that you raised, you have abandoned all because he was sick and you have sinned. So say it now. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. Say it louder. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. Louder, Daniel. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. I am sorry, Lord. I am sorry, Lord. I want the blood. I want the blood. You have abandoned your child. I've abandoned my child. I will never backslide. I will never backslide. I was lost, but now I am found. I was lost, but now I'm found. I have abandoned my child. Say it. Say it. I abandoned my child. Say it louder. Say it louder. I've abandoned my child. I've abandoned my child. I've abandoned my child. Eli makes him repeat yeah. after him. He gives him a nice little slap, which Daniel, the look he gives him, is like, I'm not going to forget that. Right. Uh, and, but it's also, Eli looks at him like, you shouldn't have put that mud in my mouth. It's true. This is, this is a real sort of culmination of their Although, uh, animosity Although, Eli definitely would have done this regardless. Probably. That's just the way his church was working. Eli seems like a, a guy who likes to dominate. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's a real uh, high sparrow. <laughs> yes, very much so. We get the classic Daniel where he's just screaming, I abandoned my child! I abandoned my child! I abandoned my boy! Uh, I feel like that's like, that was the mistake. 
you yeah that was the mistake yes. that, that was standard taking made. it too far that was the mistake that standard made that was the mistake that eli made yes like don't because the only thing that's tying plain view to any sort of societal norms is, is his belief that he is a paternal figure yes and when you question that and when you uh kind of like displace him from it yeah. he goes full on like king of the wild like I'm, <laughs> i I'm will destroy lion. you i will bury yeah. you underground so like they they just didn't understand that and they were like let's let's it, bring he was they pushing thought, his buttons they pushed the yeah. wrong button they pushed the wrong button call him a sinner call him a backslider he's like i'm okay with that he sort yeah. of was like laughing about it he's like this yeah. is funny to me and he was like, like this is the price of business he gives him this look like Oh man, you pushed the wrong yeah. one there. Like what? I mean, it was the price of business. It was like, of yeah. course you're gonna you're gonna do that. You're, you... <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, but it shows you how much he wants to land that he's willing to do it. He's willing mm-hmm. to undergo this humiliation. I have because... a comment about this. I will save it for when we're done recording. Oh, okay. Uh, sometime <laughs> later, as the pipeline is under construction, H.W. is reunited with Daniel in a very touching moment. He seems like he's enjoying the, seeing the pipeline line. H.W. loves the oil business. I mean, he, he's an oil he man like his father he is. Knows, he, yeah, he's not a prospector. No. He's not anything. He's an oil man. He's an oil man. Uh, Eli says he, he is leaving Little Boston to do some missionary work. Mm-hmm. Uh, fast forward. 1927. H.W. is marrying Mary Sunday the little girl who blessed the beginning of the well. We saw some nice scenes with them together where she's like watching them do sign language and like, I want to know. I'm it's so a little happy bit of it. an underdeveloped relationship, but oh, I you get all you need, really. You get the looks, you get her being all sincere and him yeah, being all receptive to it. Because Plainview was the main character. Protagonist. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It's not HW's story. No, he, but I was happy for HW. And I was I thought... too. They seem like they're going to make it. I root for the Topangas and the whatever the the meat world is. Right, Gordy? Corey? I think it's Corey. Corey, okay. <laughs> what do you think I said, Gordy? Gordy? Yeah. <laughs> Gordy and Topangas, like the Canadian version. Yeah, well, uh, Topanga's a weird enough name. Topanga is a weird Gordy? enough name. But they make note of the strangeness of the name within the show itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, H.W., visits Daniel in his palatial estate. He had mentioned to Henry that he wanted a house like the one he saw in Fond du Lac, and Henry's like, are you going to build it like that? And he's like, you know what? If I saw that house, I'd probably get sick. Mm-hmm. So he makes his own giant house, I guess in L.A. I don't know where it was. LA. They didn't show anything outside the house. <laughs> no, they didn't. Uh, he but it seems to be spending his days shooting live rounds in his living room at vases and stuff like that. Not yeah. too much concern with upkeep. He really went, uh, do you, are you watching Westworld? This new season? Yeah. No, I haven't seen any of them. Is it good? Uh, no, it's confusing, <laughs> but he went full William in Westworld. Ah, shoot, shooting up his mansion, going crazy. I, I feel like Daniel, he didn't need a house that big. He probably but, only uses like three of the rooms. He uses the no. bowling alley, he uses the living room where he shoots things, and he uses his office. That bowling alley was nice. <laughs> a bowling alley is, oh, like, 
that is that's a real sign a, of like you are upper upper class you got a bowling yeah. alley in your basement yeah but of course he didn't but he's he was he came from nothing and he was trying to build it was as much a display of his success it was like a right. monument to his own success right and how he crippled all his competitors but yeah. he didn't really he was still just he was big but there were still standard was probably bigger union was bigger yeah right but you know uh, maybe the sequel he just murders everybody uh, <laughs> um now he's an alcoholic recluse at his large mansion through a sign language interpreter hw has a nice sit down with well, not a nice sit down with the father he has a sit down with his father who he looks pretty bad. Daniel looks pretty rough. He's got like the glazed yeah, eyes, like he's been he drinking has, a lot. He wasn't invited to the wedding, which happened like earlier. I, I feel like he probably was invited, but chose not to come. Well, then why'd he say, I, I know what you did or something like that? No, well, no, the knowing what he did is going to Mexico to stake out oh. the next set of lands. Yeah, that's the thing he sees as the real slight. Uh, is HW or Romney? <laughs> maybe. Uh, HW uh, this is what Wikipedia says but I didn't know if this was exactly what they said in this is that he asks his father to dissolve their partnership is it that mm. he's like I want out of this company I think that's what it was okay so that he can establish his own independent drilling company in Mexico yeah Daniel does not like this and he especially doesn't like him using a sign language interpreter to tell him this He's like, can't you tell me yourself? You've got a mouth, can't you? Flap, 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 say it to me yourself. And then he makes HW say, I'm taking my wife to Mexico to go away from you to start my own company. And then Daniel's like, he mocks his deafness and then reveals the true origins as an orphan. He keeps calling him a bastard from a basket. Yeah, that's my new trash talk. (laughs) Bastard in a basket. Yeah. Bastard in a basket, and he's like if yelling I get it into as he leaves. Online gaming, and someone, and you hear me, and you don't know you're playing someone, and they say call you a bastard in a basket. That's me. <laughs> should have seen this coming. I should have known that under this all these past years, you've been building your hate for me piece by piece. I don't even know who you are because you have none of me in you. You're someone else's this anger your maliciousness backwards dealings with me you're an orphan from a basket in the middle of the desert and i took you for no other reason than i needed a sweet face to buy land did you get that so now you know Look at me. You're lower than a bastard. You have none of me in you. Just bastard from a basket. Basket from a basket. 
Birds from a basket! Uh, he says, there's no part of me in you. And H.W., through his sign language interpreter, says, I'm glad there is no part of you in me. And he gets up and leaves. Daniel keeps yelling at him. I, I chalk that one as a win for H.W., though. Would you say H.W. wins that interaction? For sure. And it's, I think it's the same interpreter that he had yeah. many years previous. He seems to That's have like, stuck around with him. He's like, I see something in this man, H.W. I'm just going to stick around with him. Yeah. And... And the sign language interpreter gives an incredible performance to this scene. He's not phased at all by Daniel's mean talk. He gives him the information. He gives the information back. And when yeah. he gives the final, I'm glad there's no part of me in you. He gives a nice little umph. And it's like, I yeah. like saying this. Yeah. He, yeah, he's, I like he's just the relay man and he's playing it well. But he's a good he, relay man and he seems very supportive of HW. He knows he's not the messenger, so he kind of yeah, relies exactly. on that. But he, but he, he's plain speaking. Um, mm-hmm. One day, Eli visits Daniel, who was passed out drunk, again sleeping this on the point, floor. Eli or Paul? Eli or Paul? I still don't know <laughs> at this point in the movie. Uh, he Eli says he is in the radio and he's doing very well, but that he wants to sell the property rights to the Bandy Ranch as William Bandy has recently died, and his grandson wants to move to Los Angeles to get into movies, as he is very good-looking, is how Eli puts it. Um, while eating a giant steak with his hands, Daniel agrees That's to the, the deal over the century. <laughs> on the condition that Eli denounce his faith and his own credibility. Eli has a nice little drink to get his courage up, but acquiesces. And Daniel makes Eli say, I am a false prophet, and God is a superstition. I am a false prophet, God is a superstition. Eli, Eli, stop. Just imagine this is your church here, and uh, you have a full congregation, so. I am a false prophet, God is a superstition. Say it again. I am... A false prophet, God is a superstition. I can't hear you at the back. I am a false prophet, God is a superstition. Say it again. I am a false prophet, God is a superstition. Say it again. I am a false prophet, God is a superstition. And he yeah. says this over and over again, like when Daniel made, uh, or when Eli made Daniel say that uh, he abandoned his child. Yeah. And it's then. Yes, it was a nice parallel it's, scene there. And then there's, there's just so, the two of them. I don't know. They have a relationship that they flip back and forth several yes, times. It's power and struggle. It's confused. There's a power struggle, and 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 it's confusing with the twin brother until the end. Yes. Um, During this, I am a false prophet, and God is a superstition uh, performance that Eli is giving Daniel very offhandedly. Is like, uh, you know, that property's worthless. I've already drained yeah. everything from there. And yeah. Eli's we, like, we, what? We, what? Those areas have been drilled. <clears throat> Those areas have been drilled. Yes, it's, uh, it's called drainage, Eli. See, I own everything around it, so of course... Uh, I get what's underneath it. 
but there are no Derricks there. This is uh, the Bandy track. Do you understand? Do you understand, Eli? That's more to the point. Do you understand? I drink your water. I drink it up every day. It just came to me. We should have known this from the initial sell in what 1911 yes when he's selling the town and the town is too crazy and he says i'm i'm not dealing with this and he goes to the neighboring people yeah he goes upstream to a small family yeah showing that he understands how the movement of oil runs yes it's like a river and you get upstream a little bit you can suck up dry so exactly yeah. And Eli did not know about this. He does not know about the properties of slant drilling where oil is uh, taken from neighboring wells. And Eli explains it to him like he's a five-year-old. He goes, drainage, Eli, drainage, Eli, you boy. If you have a milkshake and I have a milkshake and I have a straw and my straw reaches across the room and starts to drink your milkshake... I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. <laughs> Not the chosen brother, Eli. It was Paul who was chosen. As he, he found me and told me about your land you just a fool. Why are you talking about I did what your brother Don't couldn't. Say I this broke to me. you and I beat you. It was Paul told me about you. He's the prophet. He's the smart one. He knew what was there and he found me to take it out of the ground. You know what the funny thing is? Listen, listen, listen. I paid him $10,000 cash in hand. Just like that. He has his own company now. Prosperous little business. Three wells producing $5,000 a week. Stop crying, you sniveling ass. Stop your nonsense. You're just... Afterbirth, Eli. No. Slithered out on your mother's filth. No. They should have put you in a glass jar on the mantelpiece. Where were you when Paul was suckling at his mother's teeth? Where were you? Who was nursing you, poor Eli? One of Bandy's sounds. That land has been had. Nothing you can do about it. It's gone. It's had. If you would just you take this lease, Daniel. It's it's fun, but no straw can survive that far. And well, also, just give it a little flick of the finger and you're good. <laughs> Daniel is reveling in this position where Eli reveals to him that he's not as successful as he was giving out. In fact, all of his investments before the Great Depression have backfired on him. 
and he is seemingly bankrupt. He was asking for $100,000 from Daniel. He was coming in there all high and mighty. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to take a hundred grand from 10. you. No, he wanted the original 10 owed to him and also $100,000 exactly for the church because it seems like Daniel never paid him actually for his property. He never paid the church? Yeah. Oh, that's... Uh, Eli confesses to being in dire financial straits and to having strayed morally. Mm-hmm. Daniel taunts Eli and uh, from his previous humiliation and begins chasing him around the bowling alley, screaming, I am the third revelation! I am the third revelation! It's very Jack Nicholson in The Shining. <laughs> it is. Daniel hits him with a bowling pin. Eli falls over. Daniel sort of stands over him for a second. He's like, oh, what am I about to do here? And then very suddenly, with a powerful blow from the bowling pin, strikes down on Eli's head. Eli's skull explodes. Blood starts mm-hmm. seeping all over the alley. Daniel, I think he hits him a few extra times. He doesn't just hit him once, does he? No, he hits him. Yeah, he since hits him a few times. Yeah. He... I'm older! I'm your old friend, Daniel! Oh, I'm Help me, boy! I told you I would eat you. We're family. I told you I would eat you up. We're brothers. We're brothers. We're brothers. Exhausted, Daniel collapses on the floor next to Eli's body. Daniel's butler hears all this commotion from upstairs. He comes down. He goes down the steps. He comes onto the scene. He's just sort of looking at him. Daniel notices him and announces, I'm finished. And the movie's over. Mr. Daniel? I'm finished. Yeah. What do you think the I'm finished means, Zarek? For me, he's like, I'm done with my steak. You can take my plate away. I think so, too. I don't think he's (laughs) ready to go to jail. No. Which was one of my questions. Do you think he actually is, like, convicted for this murder? Uh, low. I think that's very low chances. He's like, oh, it's an accident. It was a tragic bowling accident. I think that throughout the movie, you're kind of like set up to sh- it's set up to show that he has he doesn't really have life is a... cheap for Daniel Plainview. Who? For Daniel, life is cheap. Workers die all the time. He kills his ha- life half is cheap, brother. and also you don't have to worry about repercussions. No. For other people's dying. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, the only person who matters is him. Other people, who cares if they die? Yeah. So, I, it, Dick's reaction in general, there will be blood. For a lot of people, this is one of the best movies of, of this century. The review aggregate website I like a lot, theyshootpictures.com, has this as the number four movie of this century, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, did it live I, up to that uh, for you? Yeah, it was really good. I liked it a lot. Um, I thought that the setting out in the West and the wilderness was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I thought that there were lots of big shots where you saw a lot of um, the landscape. The camera's and, moving a lot in this movie. A lot of stuff also yeah. moving in and out of the of the space in front of the camera. Yeah, and I, I think that the lack of dialogue wasn't a hurdle for me. I enjoyed it. Well, it's a lot of visual uh, storytelling. A lot of visual storytelling. Like we I said, think... we don't get the first line of dialogue for like 15 minutes into the movie. 
No. And by that point, like a... you're supposed to sort of have a good grasp on who Daniel is as a person and what he does. It's it's also very, like, work-oriented. There's a lot of uh, attention yeah. to the small aspects of putting together this thrilling empire. Yeah, it shows that he is dedicated and he's hard-working. And, and he knows what he's doing. Guy. He knows what he's doing. For um, the average capitalist, he would seem like a model American. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. Well, I think it was a and good... And what he does in being devoted to his work and being very successful in his work... It's only on further inspection into his character that you realize it is revealed that he is a despicable person. Well, how is that any different from the average capitalist? Well, not all average capitalists are despicable people. Right. But this movie is trying to show you that... It is, it is definitely more critical of capitalism than in praise of capitalism. But I also yeah. think that there is admiration for Daniel and his attention to his work. And his perfectionism and his success in it. I, I don't know. It's not entirely condemning of Daniel. No, it's... it's I, I, I appreciated how hardworking he was and how um, steadfast and, like, persevering and self-believing he mm. had. How much self-belief he had. Well, according to... There's this uh, YouTube video where, like, Quentin Tarantino is talking about There Will Be Blood. And he says that the... Needs one act of <laughs> the one act of climbing out of the well with a broken leg and going all the way back to town, which is sort of like uh, brushed over a little bit. It's not like a huge thing is made out of it. He's like, that would be a whole movie in itself. And that one right. action sort of justifies everything he else he does in this movie because he's this heroic figure who performed the superhuman act of perseverance. I agree. So, I agree. That gets you on board and says this guy is he'll do anything yeah and he's sort of like destined to succeed well not destined he 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 with every bit of toil he does make sure that he succeeds uh yeah. we will move on well no, there you go wrap it up with that next thought i i ever this is um probably this movie people should watch and it's on netflix it already yeah it's free <laughs> the you know, the dick pics are fun if you want to shit on a movie and, like, laugh and chit-chat. But this one, you kind of... You, you need to and, pay attention. Yeah, it was good because there's quarantine. You can... Maybe yes. you're chatting with whoever you're living with a little too much and you've run out of things to chat about. <laughs> you watch this movie Just for... Just throw on their own blood. It's a good two and a half hours, mm -hmm. so that's a lot of daylight. It is. Um, and and, you, and it really sucks you in. I mean, yeah. it's a very engrossing movie. Unless you're Andrea. Um, <laughs> who, uh, who, she, who she said, um, where is it? She said, before she left, the problem is it's a movie made by men for men with men, and I don't like it at all. Thank God we didn't pay for this. I like it better than boys and girls, but, I, but I'll still probably go soon. The main thing is, is right. Roger Ebert did not give it a four-star review. He gave it three and a half stars because he was like, eh, maybe a little too men-heavy. Maybe get the female point of view out of that. Yeah. and But I, for I me, you know, it's a sign of the times. This is the early 20th century. It's not like women were allowed to have well, positions Googled, of authority by this time. I Googled it, and I found one article that was saying that that's, it's an indictment of masculinity yes. as well. Yes, exactly. And the, 
So that, I mean, that's if, a pro. If, if Daniel had a little more sensitivity to him, maybe he wouldn't have gone off the handle so much at the slightest sure. little uh, insult by anybody. For sure. Uh, best of Wikipedia. This was actually a very, very large Wikipedia page. Of course it was. It was a really long movie. Like, Good movie. Even the accolades section of it is, is very huge. You know, I was kind of kind of happy about the oil rights aspect because i've been watching better call saul during mm-hmm. the quarantine and there was also a oil rights situation in the I don't know, second or third season uh-huh. where uh kim wexler better call saul great show if you watch breaking bad start watching better call saul kim she gets uh referred to an oil guy who's drilling on the New Mexico side and it's seeping into the Arizona side so both states are trying to tax him double for all the stuff he's getting uh, so I was like wow well, you had oil on the brain oil on the brain <laughs> best of Wikipedia uh, this was I think from the theme section of Wikipedia many have seen the film as a commentary on the nature of capitalism and greed and it's inherent national presence. Hard to argue with that. No. <laughs> David Denby of The New Yorker described the film as being about the driving force of capitalism as it both creates and destroys the future. Yeah, I, don't get, I, I don't know so much about the destroys the future part. I guess that has to do with HW. Mm-hmm. Well... It, well, it dist- I think that might be taking the oil destruction of the future ah, kind of environmentally aspect. The oil dis- but dependency. Al- but also destroying H.W.'s future in how Plainview sees him as a competitor when he tries to go out and strike it on his own. Yeah. Well, and losing your humanity through the pursuit of wealth. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Denby goes on to say, This movie is about the vanishing American frontier. The thrown-together buildings look scraggly and unkempt. The homesteaders are modest, stubborn, and reticent. But in their undreamed-of future, Walmart is on the way. Take good shots at Walmart. This guy's stretching. <laughs> I think he is stretching a little bit. But Walmart's not a bad thing. Uh, by far Especially the biggest now. corporation in the world. Exactly, yeah. In, you know, they donate to food banks and stuff like that. It's actually a, a very important part of the American society. Boo for shitting on Walmart. I don't like that. Uh, I mean, it's, you can shit on them, but you... It's, yeah. I think for him it's representative of capitalism, and he was just using it as shorthand for... I think McDonald's would have been a better one to use. Yeah, it doesn't really give you anything. No, exactly. It's all waste Although, and excess. Well, it's the uh, closest restaurant. It's true. You can buy it from Walmart. Although in in some Walmarts they have a McDonald's inside of the building and the ultimate display of capitalism. Uh, yeah, beautiful. <laughs> James Christopher of the Times, which I guess is the London Times, which just calls himself the Times. I don't think it's the New York Times. Viewed the film as a biblical parable about America's failure to square religion and greed. I think there's something to that. Yeah, it, but it also... To put them at odds like that is a little weird for me because Paul and the church are shown to be greedy. Greedy, yeah. Or Eli. Eli and But the I think that's shown... sort of part of it. It's yeah. like the super church sort of thing, like the Joel Osteens and stuff like that. Obviously, greedy so people. So that's not really 
putting well, and you've got the what Jesus said, where it's more difficult for a rich man to get to heaven than it is for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle, and you know, a lot of a lot of rich people try to throw money at causes and stuff like that to to show how good of people they are, but uh, no. Daniel Plainview no. does none of that. Well, that's not why. It's for the tax cuts. Well, that's it. true, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Anderson, oh, Paul Thomas Anderson, who had previously said that he would like to work with Daniel Day-Lewis, wrote the screenplay with Day-Lewis in mind. How about that? Who else could you envision playing Daniel Plainview? I don't know. Uh, Dennis Quaid? Dennis Quaid would be okay. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think about Tom Hanks playing Daniel Plainview? Does he have the range to pull it off? I think he could do it, but um, I don't know. It's too. He I don't doesn't think do he a lot of do bad it. guys. I don't think he could do it. I don't think Tom Hanks gets angry enough. When Tom Hanks gets so? angry, you're like, oh, that's cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to. I'm He's trying also to not think. very menacing of an actor who could do it. Yeah. Uh, I feel like. Uh, Liam Neeson? Liam Neeson could do it. He also has the imposing sort of physical aspect. Daniel Day Lewis seems very big in this movie. But but that if I say Liam Neeson, I'm really not uh, venturing far from the British Isles for That's an true. actor, am I? Could an American play it? What American could play this role? Uh, Sean Penn, Ryan Gosling, Toby yeah, Maguire. Toby Maguire. Um. I'm trying to think of not a, like a mainstream one, like not a big guy, a big actor guy. Not a big actor guy. What about yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman? That's a big actor guy, that and also guy. also in the Paul Thomas Anderson universe. Well, you know, he? apparently this is stepping on the IMDb trivia a little bit, but he was gonna play the Standard Oil Man. I can, yeah. I, I think that would have been good. I think that would have added a, a new level to those scenes because he's. He, that guy's not the best actor. He he sort of is just meant to be like a suit. And if yeah. You, if you have uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman in that role, it's a little more like two titans squaring up. Right. Let it rain. Make it <laughs> rain. That's what he'd do. <laughs> Make it rain. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson said that the line in the final scene, I drink your milkshake, was paraphrased from a quote by former Secretary of the Interior and U.S. Senator from New Mexico, Albert Fall. Speaking before a congressional investigation into the 1920s oil-related Teapot Dome scandal, how he about did that? a lot of research into this. It's apparently it based like on some did. very was it an Upton book Upton or Sinclair, something? Upton Sinclair, yeah, oil yeah. exclamation point by Upton yeah. Sinclair. It's uh, he did a lot of research. It's a good movie. <laughs> to build his character, Daniel Day Lewis started with the voice. Anderson sent him recordings from the late 19th century to 1927 and a copy of the 1948 film, The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Have you ever seen that movie? No, but also I don't care about Daniel Day-Lewis listening to old recordings to get the voice down. That's like every role he does. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and the, <laughs> we needed a movie where he played a boxer. He literally like fought in competitive boxing matches for like two years. He played a boxer? Yeah, it, I, I think it's called The Boxer. <laughs> It's from, like, 1997. It's one of his lesser-known movies. But even, like, uh, My Left Foot, where he plays someone with cerebral palsy, like, he's a committed, committed person. Um, Apparently, Paul Thomas Anderson... Brian Cranston could do it. I'm in a better call Saul Breaking Bad. Brian Cranston would be... Could have been Daniel Plainview? Yeah. Possibly. 
Yeah. He doesn't seem as I don't know. I haven't seen Breaking Bad, so maybe the imposingness of him and the little bit terrifyingness of him maybe comes out. I just think of him as uh as the dad and Malcolm in the middle. I do too, but <laughs> you you got to get into the Breaking Bad. He you're a movie guy. Become a TV guy. Breaking Bad. Do it. <laughs> the only TV show I've ever really become invested in is Mad Men. Do you think uh, Don Draper could do it? John Hamm? John Hamm's he's much too handsome. Yeah. I don't think I don't... he could ugly himself up enough to play him. He wouldn't sleep on the floor. N- no. <laughs> Tell me John Hamm sleeps on the floor? Hell no. John no, Hamm he... sleeps... He's no going matter... to sleep not in a bed, he's going to sleep in a jacuzzi or something like right. that. No matter how drunk he is, he's fine in a, a cushion. Yeah, I mean, yeah. John Hamm does not sleep on the floor. Uh, according to Paul Thomas Anderson, he was inspired by the fact that Treasure of the Sierra Madre is about greed and ambition and paranoia and looking at the worst parts of yourself. Do you want a little a little rundown of the plot of the, the Treasure of the Sierra Madre, since you haven't seen I will, it? I will it, guess. It is, you will guess? Wait, I will guess. Treasure of the Sierra Madre is about gold hunters yes. who are from Spain. No. But they – let me cook. <laughs> they come to the Sierra Madre, which is in Cala, Mexico. Yes. And they find gold, and they stay, they start murdering each other one by one to figure out who gets to claim the gold and sell it. Pretty close. The only part you got wrong about that was the fact they're Spanish. I think they're meant to be like Californians. Humphrey Bogart actually plays one of the characters. And yeah, they find gold and instantly they're like, you're going to take my gold. I'm going to keep this and I'll have a gun on you while you're sleeping. And eventually there is murder. And in fact, a a burial, not unlike uh, the Daniel Henry burial, and the guy instantly feeling very racked by by regret and uh, feeling like he's committed a crime against nature. Good, good oh, on you. That was regret? pretty close. Thank you didn't have any regret. Yeah, of course. That was easy. <laughs> uh, two I'm weeks in. Rose, I can guess a movie plot pretty simply. <laughs> two weeks into filming. Okay, again, this is all on Wikipedia. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson replaced the actor playing Eli Sunday with Paul Dano who had originally only been cast in the much smaller role of Paul Sunday, the brother who tipped off Plainview. So the confusion would have been avoided if they had cast two different people. So much confusion. A profile of Day-Lewis in the New York Times magazine suggested that the original actor had been intimidated by Day-Lewis's intensity and habit of staying in character on and off the set. I believe that. I Well, I don't intimidated by an actor is just an oxymoron no no but i mean this is daniel day lewis we're talking about and when he was on set i'm sure he was daniel plainview and thought of the actor playing eli as his enemy and whenever they were like near each other he was giving him little like bumps on the shoulder like oh didn't mean to do that maybe even slapping him around a little bit to create that animosity well then the original eli was a little bitch (laughs) Paul Dano and, apparently was not. Yeah. Paul Dano was been, must have been like, hey, man, it's 2005. Give me a break. <laughs> Stop so, bumping into me. I'm going to pop you in the mouth. So do you think Dano this would have been better if if Paul Dano had not played both roles? Maybe they should have recast Paul. 
Yeah, that should have been Tommy McGuire. <laughs> I kind of no, like yeah, the it, fact they're identical twins, though. I, I think it it lended to a little bit of uh, confusion and misinterpretation and the mystery of it all, mystique. Yeah, because, I mean, you're like, Daniel's like, maybe this guy's playing me. Yeah. It adds a layer to it. Yeah, and that, we are, too. Yeah, it's true. Uh, that is if 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 like someone did that to me, and then I I met him again. They were I was like, okay, your name's Paul. You're a little shifty about telling me your name, and now, okay, okay, Eli. And but I would I'd shake his hand, but then I I pull him in close for a bear hug and a hug, and I'd say, you're we Paul, know what's right? going on. We know what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, that's the difference between me and Plainview. I need clarity. Plain is just like, oh, I don't know. I mean, he, he seems to accept it. He doesn't seem to question it too much. No, he's like... His but little, he likes his, Paul. I think yeah. he likes Paul's shiftiness. Yeah, he does. And he appreciates it at the end. He, yes, he, he does. Just, he's like, Paul's got his own business, bringing in 5000 a week. Mm-hmm. We, we sort of skipped over that part where he's like, you were the afterbirth, Eli. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trying to suckle from your mother. Where Paul got all of the food. Uh... Best of IMDb trivia. Daniel Day-Lewis improvised the speech he gives to the citizens of Little Boston about building schools and bringing bread to the town and everything. That's pretty amazing. Nah. You don't believe it? I, I'm not that impressed. If he's living in it day in, day out, you and feel he's like trying he, to He at least should give us something like that. I would have been able to improvise a speech like that, too. If I'm <laughs> trying to say, hey, all you... Town, simple town folks uh you want you want a hospital you want a school sign up sell me your land let's do this you and i we're working together symbiotes not parasites yes. work together that was the like, sort of key to that he's like hey you're just as much the owner in this as i am this is about all of us yeah he really he plays I, the town but i uh, the fact that that's improvised is you know not too impressive for you no this was a little bit of IMDb trivia I quite liked. Uh, every Wednesday night during editing, Paul Thomas Anderson and his editors would have steak and straight vodka for dinner to keep the mentality of Daniel Plainview. Straight vodka? <laughs> That's what they said. <laughs> they were ready for quarantine. <laughs> I feel That's... like they should have done that every night, just not every Wednesday. Have you run out of mixers yet? Well, yeah, not quite. We have some more Coke Zeros. I oh, ran out of orange juice pretty quick. I was on a real uh, screwdriver bend at the start there. I I loaded up on Gatorade powder, so I've got that. But <laughs> I'm. What are you mixing that vodka? Yeah, vodka, Gatorade powder, Gatorade. vodka, tequila. It's pretty. It's lemon lime, so it's. it's it gives uh, you the electrolytes to keep the hangover off. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, whew, straight vodka is real it's rough. It's intense. It's intense. I, Especially if you're I mean, not drinking that with anything else. Like, that's your, like, wash it down with straight vodka. It's a little bit intense. I would take it over brandy any Oh, day. I love brandy, but that's not I've exactly got, a with steak kind of drink. No. We've got a bottle of brandy that's really a last resort. If this quarantine lasts through May... Oh, <sighs> brandy is a great uh, digestif kind of drink after dinner. I'm not trying to digestif when I'm drinking those... <laughs> brandy drinks <laughs> uh 
According to Paul Thomas Anderson, this is IMDb trivia, uh, the director and crew were pretty loose about where scenes would take place. This sometimes meant filming scenes three or four different times in different locations and evaluating the result each time. Not exactly an economical means of filmmaking. I've also... is This isn't Wes Anderson. No, this is, this is Paul Thomas Anderson. Wes Anderson is the fantastic Mr. Fox. Yes. Right? Okay, because that guy is apparently very OCD and meticulous. Yes. He wouldn't allow that He would not allow anything like that. No, no, no. He's okay. so OCD, like I, literally every character is standing in the exact middle of the frame in like every shot of his movies. Which is... The, he, Paul Thomas kind of did that with this movie, the, especially the beginning parts. Well, he does the, yeah. the thirds, where they're either on the left third or the right third. Not in the, not in the 19, or 1898 situation where he was... No, yeah, he is very much at the, the center for that one. Center. But uh, I guess that's trivia. I, I think that <laughs> they're out in the middle of nowhere. That's really not a problem. The only, you know, if you build a cabin and you want to use that cabin did they not have like a land that land, plot of land they shot it in, like... in marfa texas actually at the exact same time and only a few miles away from where they were shooting no country friday for night old lights. men damn it oh come on <laughs> i wish it was friday night lights no friday night lights is 2003 i think that's the good deal before this but oh. similar area west texas yeah okay uh yeah Good for him. Daniel Day-Lewis worked on his role of Daniel Plainview for three years, it says. Uh, anything about Daniel Day-Lewis, I'm not impressed because he <laughs> does it for every role. I don't know what even that like involves. Is he just like going to restaurants and being surly? No. <laughs> it, it involves him telling reporters that he, he practiced for three years. Just working reality, on the voice, looking at himself in the mirror, going, I drink your milkshake! <laughs> In reality, he was just, like, hooping it up every Tuesday, Thursday for uh, a few hours. And then, like, every, uh, like, maybe he maybe three read hours a, a couple chapters of a book every once in a while. And, like, yeah, that was research. Yeah, I read a book. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> this is great, IMDb trivia, this next one. I don't know who, who discovered this, but apparently the $500 given to Paul Sunday by Daniel Plainview are... 1882 series $100 gold certificates. Which they were is a, real? Apparently. Which is appropriate because they contain a picture of Thomas Hart Benton. Benton was a senator from Missouri from 1821 to 1851 who was a staunch advocate of westward expansion. I feel like the second part of that is not extremely relevant. I don't think that any of that is relevant. You don't you don't think it's the 1882 series $100 gold certificates is interesting? Uh cool. You used what? Well, 1882 and the money was changed hands in 1911. 1911. So how long is money in circulation? Well, it's probably more back then. And more? these aren't these aren't like you, you think this the money gold back longer? Certificates. This is gold back certificates. This is, this is pre coming off the gold standard money. Okay, so it's not like a twenty. No. It's, okay. It's it's like an official certificate that okay. its value does not change with the anything like inflation or anything like that. Was there were there any other certificates out at the time? Probably. So I like, IMDb did didn't give me that much from? information. 
Like, did they, like, were, were there, like, five for them to choose from? Were there 20 for them to choose from? Were there actual $100 uh, Scrooge McDuck bills for them to choose from? This doesn't matter. Well, this was back this when you could have, like, $1,000 bills, right? Maybe. I think that, I think that was in circulation for a good bit of time. <laughs> I think I it was, like, for one. two years. Uh, according know. to the script, Daniel's full name is Daniel... Caldecott, Plainview. The middle name is Called the guy. Caldecott, C A L D E C O T. Huh. That kind of. This next uh, one is just like hearsay. I don't know where this came from, but it was an IMDb trivia. Jason Bateman's favorite movie. So. I don't care what Teen Wolf 2 <laughs> likes to watch. Uh, the body count. Do you know what it is for this movie? Uh, let me do it. I'll do a quick count. How many do, do we know? Do we Are we counting anyone that died in the fire? Which fire? Uh, when they hit, hit it good at the main. I don't think anybody dies there. Okay, then two, either four or five. Four. Look at you. Okay, yeah. Not an extremely high body count. I watched this movie. <laughs> uh, best quote. It's... Do you have any that you would like to mention? Well, there was one where the first guy died, uh, and he said, Oh, the second guy. He was actually a church member, and yes. uh, I guess his name was J- Joe Gunda. Uh, Joe Gunda, yeah. <laughs> and it's, uh, he said, I wish I had more time with Joe Gunda. More Kunda would have been done. More Kunda been done. Ah, shit. <laughs> I heard it is. I heard it is. I wish I had more time with Joe Gunda. More Kunda been done. <laughs> they don't have like, hey, taking this a little light, aren't we, Eli? Yeah, like let's let, let's pun make his name a little more punny. <laughs> well, for me, the we're not gonna give him oil prices. We'll give him quail prices. That's a great line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The part after Eli does his get out of here ghost act, and Eli's like, "Did you like the service?" And Daniel goes, "That was one goddamn hell of a show." Mm-hmm. Uh, the I'm gonna bury you underground, Eli. I'm gonna bury you underground, Eli. The competition one, that was... That I was have a big. competition in me. Yeah. That was a little bit vain. <laughs> yeah. I have a competition in me. I, I'm looking through my notes. I only have three quotes. The competition one, the Joe Gunda one, and Andrea for why she's leaving. I like the... I see the worst in people, Henry. I don't That's need to look past seeing them. It's part of the same sort of monologue. Yeah. And then obviously you have the I drink your milkshake. I think that the him and Henry getting drunk together is probably the best character scene. In the I, movie. I think so too. Yeah. And and Henry's like, I've so done so much bad that I can't see bad people, and he's like, if it's in me, it's in you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's the quail prices. I think that's an amazing line. Yeah. Uh, and and it's just like yeah, it's a good. Showing that you have a leg up on others and not, yes. not showing them. Yes, kinda. don't show your hand. Right. Uh, unanswerable questions. We sort of touched on this. How long did it take Daniel to crawl back to town after he broke his leg? 
Over yeah. under a week? Oh. Uh, under. You, you figured he wouldn't have any means of getting food. Yeah. So how long gotta... can you survive without food? Like five days? Oh, I think like two weeks without food. But but that's like probably when you're like sitting stationary, not using all of your strength to crawl back to town. Mm. Yeah. But I the water like thing, four or five under... days. He also didn't have water. Think about that. Water will kill you faster. I, I think, think he could have like gotten days. water though. Like maybe he, he goes by like a house. He's just a crawling guy. He's like, hey, can you bring me some water? Yeah, maybe he crawled by the house, uh, but it did not look like there were many. Uh, <laughs> no, probably not a lot of people out. Uh, real estate development communities popping up. That's an investment for the future. Uh, mm-hmm. Why does Daniel take the baby after the baby's father dies? You seem to think it is, at least at the beginning, out of the goodness of his heart. I think he feels responsible because it is his oil well and that it's his time. team. And, and it was one that it, he designed himself. Right. So I, at first, that's my take. At first, he does it out of um And then sort of obligation. on the train. Maybe he wasn't going to actually keep the baby. He was going to take it back to town and give it to an orphanage. Mm-hmm. But then on the train, he has a little nice moment. The baby's touching his face. He's like, eh, maybe I will keep it. I yeah. think it. I think it probably does come from a not selfish place at the start. Right. Yeah. And yeah. He but he ends. ends up sort of using it for that because that's his character. But it, it kind of, he, he doesn't use it in a way that it can't be used against him because HW has a stake in the company. Well, he keeps saying that. Mm-hmm. But, but he the, does at the end, is what he you're does. Saying. He does. But I think a lot of people are long ways like, hey, I'm going to hire you a lawyer, HW, and make sure you get some of this money your dad says you're entitled to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how rich is Daniel Plainview? Not Rockefeller rich. But like top 100 in America rich, you think? Yeah. Top like 100. Just sort of below the like Rockefeller Vanderbilt level. Yeah. Like, if he wanted to, he could found a university. Yeah. <laughs> not not at the Car- not at Carnegie, not at Vanderbilt, not at Rockefeller. He could found a university. He's the tier below that. Mm-hmm. So, like, today's money, is he a billionaire? No. He's just below. I think he might be a billionaire, like one or two. Maybe a, Maybe a few hundred million. What do you mean one or two billion dollars? <laughs> what do you mean? What do I mean? He runs a massive oil business at a time where oil was like the business to be in. I think he's got several million dollars. I think he's got hundreds of millions of dollars. But So not quite billionaire status. But no. Extremely rich. Like, uh, not Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban's a billionaire. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I think he might be like a billionaire in today's money. Maybe. I, I think, yeah, I think lower billions, like maybe four or five billion. Uh, does Daniel get convicted for Eli's murder? I say no. 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 Strong no. <laughs> does he even go to trial? No. He just, he's just like, hey, it's an accident. I'll pay a fine or whatever. I'll call his family. I mean, also, who knows that Eli went there? Like, uh... He can cover it up. He can cover yeah, a lot up. He's covered up a lot to begin with. And he uh, probably has enough the... influence with the police that they won't investigate. And you can frame it as like, hey, this guy came onto my property and I had to murder him with a bowling pin. 
Do you think it had to end that way with him killing Eli? Do you think it was all building up to that? Um, that's did a it, tough question. Did it sort of did it come suddenly for you, or were you surprised by it, or were you not surprised by it? When Eli arrived, I knew he was going to kill him. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because I you saw the degradation that occurred and the, the jump. Mm-hmm. And how he was kind of shooting up his mansion and didn't and was limping around and and lost his one connection with the rest of humanity in HW. Yes, lost his one connection. So it wasn't a surprise. I think that if Eli had Eli arrived, he had to die. If Eli didn't arrive, he would have. We would have just seen him. And Eli made that decision because he was desperate for money, and he thought mm-hmm. that he could use Daniel to get it. Yeah. Eli's not the greatest of guys. No, he's... (laughs) No, he wasn't. He's very much a Joel Osteen type, using the ignorance of other people for his own enrichment. Or Jerry Falwell. Yes. That is all I've got. Do you have any notes you want to mention? Let me do a quick glance through. I've got Um, Little Boston. Seems like a real dump. Austin? Little Boston, the town he, uh, he purchases up everything in. Yeah, it does. Um, I have good pitter-pattery scene-setting music throughout the movie. Yes. Um, you know who did the music for this? Uh, Clinton Mansell. Johnny Greenwood, the guitarist for Radiohead. Those Radiohead guys do lots of... They get around, yeah. Tom York did music for Suspiria last year. Oh, that's on Amazon Prime. I won't watch it because I know there's some something with um, meat hooks. Oh, I'm you not... gotta watch Suspiria. You'd love it. No, uh, I'm not. I know. I know what happens. <laughs> I don't need to watch it. Um, I mentioned the scary have... mountains that open it up. Well, I think that's. I haven't seen Suspiria, but I've seen a few. You mentioned Rosemary's Baby and yes. a few other like it's Exorcist tonally. And and those sort of like 60s, 70s horror movies. No, 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 it's not, not, the, about not which... the old Suspiria, the remake. Right, but stain. I'm sure if it's not in the same vein of, it's the the music is what sets the tone as well. It's not just yes. what you see on screen. Yeah. You get creepy mood setting music. Yes. Oh, I don't <laughs> like it. Okay, here's my question. Um. What kind of shifts do you think that Plainview had his workers do? Oh. 12-hour shifts? I think maybe like 14. Do you think they got 30-minute lunch, a few 15 minutes every here and there? What do you think they got? No, I think that they're expected to, like, eat down in the pit, like, while the thing's coming up. Yeah? Like, like, (laughs) yeah. I don't know. Maybe they got 15 minutes. They definitely don't get half an hour. So they just rope, like, a ham sandwich down or something? (laughs) Yeah. They like, put it in a little paper. They're like, hey, you can wipe the oil off. Yeah, here's a ham sandwich and a pa- another pack of cigarettes. <laughs> Keep, stay down in that hole. I think I think the shifts in the hole are like maybe eight hours. Then you come up for maybe an hour or two, go back down, do another four hours. I think Here, they're only working and sleeping is what it seems yeah. like. Yeah, sort of like Better Call Saul when they're getting the uh, – Getting the secret bunker ready. Okay, here's another note. Milk and whiskey. whiskey. Yes. Milk and whiskey, it, it might end up being a desperation cocktail that I have to go through. 
Well, you know in, uh, what is it, Billy Madison? Where he's like, you know what would go great with that uh, chocolate milk? Uh, some rum. Yeah, rum. Here's my note. Uh, when he sends H.W. away, got rid of his son, wheels are coming off. Yes. Um, and the Stup Brothers' arrival really unleashed his inner asshole. Yes. Um, and then, oh, Netflix decided to cut out just after he shot his brother in the face. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, and I was like, because you're, if you've been getting those, those notifications, like this title is having difficulties right now. No, I haven't. I Please heard that they off. were gonna cut back on the fr- like the resolution, because of the yeah. overworking of the servers. Apparently, too many people were watching. There will be blood at the same time as us. Um. <laughs> Was it in their top ten in America, that new thing they introduced? Maybe. It might be. Well, thank you for listening to this latest edition of Carter's Picks. I hope that anyone listening to this, if they have not seen There Will Be Blood Bowl, watch it on Netflix and uh, just bask in... It's now a dick pic. They should watch it. Watch it like it's a dick pic. (laughs) Yeah. That is a good way to end this. Thank you, Mr. Dick. Thank you, Carter. We'll be back with y'all next time. Stop crying, you sniveling ass! Stop your nonsense! Do you understand? Do you understand? It's called drainage. I open everything around it, so of course I get what's underneath it. Those areas have been drilled. Those areas have been drilled. It was poor. He knew what was there and he found me. I paid him $10,000 cash in hand. They should have put you in a glass jar. I drink your water. I drink it up. Every day.
I told you I would eat you! We're family! I told you I would eat you! We're brothers! We're, we're brothers! We're brothers!